good morning. The Bible says, come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our Maker. And it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Um, cool days in August are, are rare, and so I count rare days when it's cool and rainy in August as a double blessing from the Lord. But it's even a greater blessing to be able to join together with you today for, for worship. And so I welcome you in the name of the Lord. Welcome to Cross Timber Baptist Church. It is our pleasure to have you as our guest, whether you're sitting here in person, whether you're joining us online, whether you've been here for, this is your first time, your 100th time. We are glad you are here and we hope that we um, make you feel welcome today and we hope that you um, meet the Lord and you enjoy his presence today as we, we gather together. Before we read Scripture, and we'll be reading from um, Matthew chapter 11 in just a few minutes, I want to just remind you of a few things that are, that are upcoming, that are exciting. Um, the first thing that I want to remind you about is our Summer Adult Bible Conference. Typically every winter or spring, um, we have an adult Bible study that happens in the mornings. We start at 9.30 a.m., and Dr. Jimmy Nelson has graciously led that for several years. And we postponed that from spring to summer, and it starts next Monday. Um, The topic for discussion out of the first three chapters of John will be who Jesus really is. And so if you have opportunity, we would love for you to join us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. We start at 9.30. The first morning we'll begin with a brunch together. The second day on Tuesday we'll start with a Bible study. We'll take a break in the middle to enjoy snacks. And then on the last day, um, we'll begin with teaching and we'll close with a lunch at the end. And you'll see that there's a theme that runs through, though, actually two themes. There's teaching and there's food. And so um, our hope is to not only feed you um, physically, but to feed you spiritually. And we hope you'll enjoy that time with us at 930 on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of August. Invite your friends. We have room for for plenty. And so that's the first thing. The next thing is, most of you know, and I know this could be met with groans of sadness, um, school is starting, has started for many, and we are going to take opportunity this Wednesday evening at 6.30 during our normal time of prayer to pray specifically for, for back-to-school type things. We'll be praying for teachers, administrators, students, and parents, and if the weather allows and the time allows, we'll spend some time prayer walking Um, Nichols Middle School, which is our close neighbor school that is just down 731. And so if you've not joined us on a Wednesday night, I would invite you. This would be a good opportunity as we pray for the beginning school year and we pray for the Lord to use those that are his people, whether they're teachers or students, to be his ambassadors and his witnesses in the public school. In fact, someone said, in fact, it was Richard Ross who has um, taught student ministry at Southwestern Seminary for many years that um, you know, every year when school starts, you have the opportunity to launch um, students or teachers to launch into a nine-month-long mission trip, that they have an opportunity to be a minister there on their school campus or their homeschool campus or their co-op, wherever they are. So if you're in, available, we'd love to have you join us next week to pray. There are other things you may want to consult. Um, the bulletin for that as far as information and, and calendar-wise um, if you have any questions, as always, you can um, call the church office or just drop us an email. And we'd be more than happy to respond. I'm going to read this morning from Matthew chapter 11, 
We're going to read verses 25 through 30 together before we take time to pray and um, also ask for the Lord's blessings on our offering as we receive it. So Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 11, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we turn our hearts this morning to the one who says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And we ask for your help to help us to to take our burdens and to lay them down at your feet. The concerns, the worries, the problems, the cares that we have that we would lay them at your feet this morning and say, Jesus, I'm giving these to you. I'm trading these things that bring me sorrow and pain for a spirit of rejoicing and a spirit of praise. And we welcome you, O Holy Spirit, into this place that you would fall fresh upon us and that you would give us a spirit of worship and of praise, that we would truly lay our burdens down and we would find the lightness, the easiness that comes from following you. We thank you that you understand. We thank you that you know how we feel. Lord Jesus, you have been tempted and tried in every way. But yet you didn't sin. And that you walk perfectly through it. And that you're more than willing to walk perfectly with us through our situations and our circumstances. You are our good shepherd. You are a gentle shepherd. You're a good shepherd. And Lord, we ask you today as we sing songs and we worship you. to help us to gain a deeper understanding of who you are and what you want to do in us. Whether we're just starting to think about who Jesus is and is he real and does he really have a plan for my life or whether we've walked with you for a long time and we're weary and we're tired. Lord, we thank you that today you can raise us up, you can strengthen us, and that you comfort us. Lord, we ask that you would take the offering that we are about to receive that you would bless it and multiply it and use it for your work here in this place and throughout the world. Lord, we offer this time to you as a sacrifice of praise. Lord, we trust and we pray in faith that we'll meet you here. And God, we know that you won't let us down. We thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I start, I want to share two verses with y'all. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead to you to give your bodies to God for all he's done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect.
Amen. Would you stand and sing with us, please?
brought a Bible along or you have your phone, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 is where we'll be in just a minute, but I, I can't help thinking about the declaration of the chorus of that song. 
and wondering this morning, do you truly believe that Jesus is everything that he says he is and that he is committed to being with us through the hard times, through even the hardest times, whether that's something from your past, whether that's something that is happening right now or whether that's something that will start tomorrow or a week from now, the Lord Jesus is committed to be with his people because he is good and he simply asks us, do you trust me and will you follow after me? I love it when we we sing that song. It's a great declaration and my, my prayer always is, Lord, just make it so in, in my heart as well. We're going to spend the next two weeks in two sections of Second Corinthians. This week we'll be looking at the word comfort and next week the word reconciled, building up to in, in a couple of weeks looking at, you know, how can God use me here in Burleson, Texas at Cross Timber Baptist Church with my unique talents, my unique personality, who I am to be a part of what God is doing to carry out his great commission work. Another way of saying that is, how can God lift me up from the chair that I'm sitting in, that comfortable piece of foam-filled fabric, and move me outside the walls to places where it's not so comfortable, where people are hurting and in desperate need of the love and acceptance that the Lord Jesus offers? How can God move me from where I am at right now into those positions? And we're going to find out as we look at words from Paul this morning that God can use those times when you are in a hard place to be a minister to other people that maybe even right now are in a hard place or will be in a hard place in a not-too-distant future. But if you're like me, you probably find yourself asking this question, how in the world could God ever use me? Look at all the things I've done in the past. Look at all the things I can't do. Look at all the things that I've I've done. My faith is inconsistent at best. My life's been a mess. And I still have so much that I need to learn about the Bible and about the Lord. And there surely is somebody else in the world that is better qualified to meet the needs of other people. But here's the truth. God can use anyone who trusts in Jesus and places their life into his hands. And much like the song that we just sang, he can do that in the good times and the bad times. In the times of joy, in the times of sorrow, in the times we experience pleasure, in the times we feel pain. God is at work. King David, who grew up as a shepherd boy, came to know the Lord as his shepherd, the one who would meet all of his needs and the one who walked with him through the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes life takes us through the valley. There are challenges, heartaches, hurts. Every one of us experiences physical, emotional, and spiritual pain at times. And in the midst of that situation, no matter how dark, the Lord never leaves us and He never gives up. Throughout the Bible, you can read 
about the times that God offers His people comfort. And I want us to see that it's way more than just a little pat on the back and a couple of kind words and a bump on the shoulder and, hey, things are going to get better. Hang in there. No, what we're going to find is the comfort that God brings strengthens His people on the inside so that we can stand firm against what happens to us on the outside. He's the comfort of all He's the God of all comfort. And by the working of the Holy Spirit in our life, He gives us the continual comfort we need to make it through each day. Because here is the truth. Everyone needs comfort. Even those hard-shell people that say, no, I've got it, I'm doing good. They need comfort. The person that will always give you a thumbs up and say, I'm doing okay, they need comfort. The person whose head is low and they cannot even barely raise their face to look you in the eyes is in need of comfort. And we find in God's Word that God is the source of all true comfort. And He uses His people, ordinary people, broken people, flawed people, just like me and just like you, to be a comfort to other people. So if you're asking yourself, can God possibly use the hard times in my life to help other people? The answer is yes. If we trust Him and allow Him to work in us. Jesus said when He was speaking to His disciples, in this world you will have trouble. So no one can escape it. And God doesn't always remove us from our trouble But He promises to be with us through our trouble. And He uses us if we're willing. And so before we read these verses, really what I want to communicate to kind of sum up what I've already said is this, that God comforts His people during difficult circumstances to enable them to comfort other people. But let's don't just take my word for it. Let's read what God's Word says. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in the first verse, and I'm going to read down through verse 11. Paul starts this letter to the Corinthians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. 
But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Lord, as we study Your Word in these minutes that we have, Lord, help us to draw our attention, our focus to what you want to say to us. Help us to see the reality that you do offer comfort in the midst of trials and difficult circumstances and that you use those to help us to draw close to you and that we may order ourselves in a way that we could offer comfort to other people. So God, help us to listen with our ears and with our hearts and change us and transform us by your word and your spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So really it's a simple outline for today. We're going to look at the need for comfort, the source of comfort, and then finally the purpose of comfort. And then at the end I'll, I'll give you four things where we can start putting this into practice just right now immediately. And so the first thing is that there is a need for comfort. We talked about that a little bit in the introduction that there are real troubles in life. Amen? And they're off, they happen often and they're very persistent. And Paul uses two words to, to talk about those difficult situations. He uses the words afflictions and trials or sufferings. Now that word affliction means to squeeze or to crush was originally used to talk about when they would crush grapes to make grape juice or to make wine or when they would smash wheat to make flour. And it became used to describe physical or emotional trauma. And the beautiful picture that we get in this word when we think of it in in a few moments is that, that God uses those afflictions to squeeze us or to crush us. And hopefully what comes out, if we're trusting in the Lord, is His mercy and His grace, His glory that we're able to shine out for others. But He also uses the word suffering. And that really just means the pain that you are experiencing right now. If you have back pain or neck pain or emotional pain and it's ongoing, it's a suffering. It's something that is happening to you in this moment. It takes us back to the the thought of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. And because Jesus suffered, he reminded us that his followers would suffer as well. Christians share in the sufferings of Christ and Jesus ensures us and the Bible teaches us that sufferings are to be endured with his help. When we are hurt, we go to the person that we trust the most. Think about when you were a young child and you fell down and you hurt your leg and there's a scratch and there's blood. Now you're probably crying, tears are flowing, snot maybe dripping from your nose, and as you're struggling to breathe, you're probably calling out something like, Mommy! Mommy! Or Daddy! Daddy! 
and we find them and they bring us comfort. When you're sick in the middle of the night, whose side of the bed do you go to? You go to mom's side, right? Because you're probably not going to be able to wake up your dad. Or if you do wake up your dad, your dad's going to simply say this. Go back, yeah, tell your mom or go back to bed. You'll be fine. We find the person that can help us the most, that we trust most. Because we can't deal with affliction and suffering by ourselves. We need help. The Bible shows us over and over again that we can't do things by ourselves. We need God's help, and He asks us to trust in Him. And when we depend on Him and put our trust in Him, we find His mercy and grace that meets us in our time of need. We find help, and we find comfort in those moments. And God uses those painful situations in our life to lead us toward Jesus. Because he is the source of comfort. If you look in verse 3, in this blessing at the beginning of the book, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, The Father of mercies and God of all comfort. It's a wonderful sentence of praise that points out who God is. And when we begin to see who God is, the natural response of the human heart is, is to praise Him. And Paul just pours out this blessing because of who God is. It's those moments when you're just saying, God, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your holiness, all of His attributes. You're not really asking Him for anything. You're just pouring out your expression of thanks to Him for who He is. And the focus here is specifically the comfort that God brings but we have to understand that we can only receive god's comfort we can actually only call him father if we place our trust in jesus we gain that comfort by virtue of a relationship we become adopted into his family we become his children when we receive jesus and god's children receive his comfort And listen to how Paul describes the Lord. He is the Father of mercy. He's the originator of mercy. So mercy starts and ends with God the Father. Now God's mercy is Him holding back what we deserve and offering us His loving kindness that God patiently endures with us. That while we deserve sin and death as punishment, was we deserve death for punishment of our sin, God extends His mercy. The writer of Lamentations says it so beautifully, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God has a never-ending supply of mercy. And in the Old Testament, another word for that mercy is God's steadfast love. He was patient. He was long-suffering with His people. So the psalm writer in Psalm 145, verse 9, just says this, The Lord is good to all, 
and His mercy is over all that He is made. So God is the author of mercy. He makes it available to everyone. It never runs out, and it's new every day. But he goes on, and it gets better. He's not just the Father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. If you noticed, or if you want to notice in verses 3 through 11, the word comfort, or a form of comfort, is mentioned ten times in those verses. It's emphasized over and over again. It's the idea of coming alongside someone to help. It's not patting on the back, as I said earlier. It's not giving someone a pacifier. No, it's a, it's a comfort that gives us the strength to face the trials of life. That's what God wants to provide. That when trouble comes to your life, He wants to be our shelter. When hardships rise up against us, He wants to be our sustainer. And in our moments of weakness, He wants to be our strength. And His strength is perfect. William Barclay said it this way, Christian comfort is the comfort which brings courage and enables us to cope with all that life can do to us. It's a strength that God places in our spirit that helps us to make it through what's going on. So how does God comfort His people? He uses His Word. He uses His presence by the Holy Spirit. And He uses other people. In Romans chapter 15, in the second part of verse 4, he says that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. You will find encouragement and strengthening and comfort as you read the pages of Scripture and you begin to unlock and discover God's wonderful promises. But he also gives us the presence of the Holy Spirit. We sang about the Holy Spirit earlier One word they use to describe the Holy Spirit is the same word for comfort. It's the word paraclete, and it simply means a helper, a counselor, or a comforter. But then God also uses other people. Paul found encouragement in his companion Barnabas, whose name meant son of encouragement. And later in this letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, we find that Titus was a comfort to Paul and the Corinthians. And so when we go to the source of comfort, we will always find exactly what we need. Strength to patiently endure all circumstances. Because physical pain, illness, it'll drag you down if you let it. Not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. And the God of all comfort will meet you at your point of need. He'll walk with you through the aches and pains of life, through arthritis, through cancer, through any other illness. He'll be there with you. School's starting soon, and I was thinking about this. The God of all comfort is more than willing to walk with a student through the doors of a school into a new college campus into a homeschool co-op or just out of your bedroom and into the living room or wherever you do school if you're a homeschooler. God's 
in the business of restoring broken relationships, drawing back wayward children, restoring shattered hopes and dreams. Each of those situations, if you've experienced them, are times when you're brought to your knees. That's where we find the Father of mercies, the one who says, I will stand beside you in the midst of the fiery trials that I will not leave you, I will not abandon you. And when you share in the sufferings of Christ, you will also share in His comfort. God generously provides that comfort in Jesus and the amount of comfort that God can provide will always exceed any trial that you experience. But interestingly, through these trials, God teaches us. He prepares us so that we can share what He has shared with us with other people. Paul received comfort from the Lord, and my goodness, in just what we have of Paul's life, we see that Paul not only endured the thorn in the flesh that the Lord chose not to take away, but he was arrested, threatened, and beaten. He was snake-bit, he was shipwrecked, and stoned. He was persecuted, rejected, and deserted. And at one point, he writes to the Corinthians, things were so bad that he felt like he had received a death sentence. This is the end. But he boldly proclaims that the God who raises the dead delivered them. Paul knew God was faithful in the past, and he trusted that God would be faithful in the present. And Paul knew that God had a reason for the trials that he endured. You see, the pain that we experience in life has a purpose, and so does the comfort that God provides. And so the third thing there is just simply the purpose of comfort. We have to understand that when we place ourselves in God's hands, the circumstances of our life are never in vain. God wastes nothing. He has a purpose for everything. Even afflictions, even times when we are crushed, even times when we are hurt, any, any time that we are suffering, God has a purpose. And in the midst of suffering, Paul hears God's voice. Listen to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, Paul asking these three times, Lord, take away this thorn in the flesh from me. And God speaks, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So God uses our pain, our heartache, and our misery to draw us to Him. See, trials teach us that we can't rely on ourselves and we have to depend on someone, and that someone is God. Now, when life is easy, things are going on pretty well, it's easy to rely on ourselves and really not think much about God or not call on God for help. Think about it. If you never got sick, if you never got injured or hurt, you probably would never go to the doctor, right? But when those situations happen, happen, we go looking for help. And when hurt comes into our lives, 
we begin to realize that we are helpless. And the hope is that we turn to God for help. And in our suffering and in our pain, it's an opportunity to turn control over to God. The declarations of the song that we sang, I will follow you, that even in, you know, in the good times and the bad, I will follow you. And so when we're hurt, will we turn that control over to God or will we continue to try to do things on our own? But it's so encouraging to remember that God promises to meet you in the middle of your trials to bring us comfort and to enable us, to equip us, to be able to comfort other people. So think about this for a minute. God comforted me through my trouble or troubles, and you can think for just a second about what that is. You can fill in the blank. So he could use me to help someone else. So there's a purpose in your pain, and that's to help other people in pain. You see, in the Christian life, we're just stewards of what God has given us. When God gives us a gift, He expects us to share it with other people. He passes on to us so that we can pass on to others. He blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. He put His love in our heart by the Holy Spirit so we could show love to other people. He offers us forgiveness so we can in turn experience the beauty of forgiving others. He gives us mercy so we can show mercy to others. And He comforts you so you can be a comfort to others. Cross Timber has some of the best ministers I've seen. And no, I'm not talking about myself. No, God has ministers that have experienced His comfort in the midst of physical pain and they offer the same comfort and encouragement to those that are enduring physical struggles other great ministers have cared for aging parents or sick family members in the past and provide strengthening and encouragement to others that are enduring the same in this season and God is restoring marriages and using couples to hold out hope to couples who struggle in the same way. And right now, God is using the circumstances in your life to prepare you to be a comfort to others. Think about how wonderful it would be for God to use you to come alongside another brother and sister and be able to strengthen them in the Lord. My past, my pain is not wasted. God wants to use it in this moment to minister to someone else. Dr. Tony Evans says this, God allows troubles because He sees our opportunity coming. And the question I would ask in response to that is, are we ready for our opportunity? Because God comforts His people during difficult circumstances to enable us to comfort other people. If you're a follower of Jesus, He wants to use you to minister to others. If you're not a follower of Jesus, He 
wants you to follow him today to bring salvation and bring comfort into your life. You see, everyone in God's kingdom is important. Everyone has a part. Everyone has a place to minister. And when we experience God's comfort in our pain, He will give you an opportunity to be a comfort to others. Now, you might be wondering, how do I do that, or how in the world would I ever even get started? Well, let me just give you a few pointers on where to start. There's four of them. I think there's only three blanks, but you can write a number four down if you're writing these down. First, just point them to Jesus. Jesus invites weary and burdened people to come to him for rest. We read that in Matthew. And author Sarah Walton says, Comfort is about redirecting someone to seek what they need in Christ first and not in you. And when we point people to Jesus who is gentle and lowly in heart, they find comfort. They find rest for their souls. And they find a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. So first thing is always point people back to Jesus. We're not the Savior. He is. And our job is to point people toward Him. The second thing is to pray with them. Now it's important to pray for other people. I hope you do. But it is meaningful and powerful to pray with someone in the midst of their difficulties. So here's the the challenge related to that. When someone shares something with you and says, you know, I need you to pray about this, or will you pray about this? Pray. Too many times we all just say, I'll be praying about that. When we miss the opportunity in the moment just to take two or three minutes and actually pray with the person. So don't just say, I'll be praying for you. Take a moment right then and pray with that person. It's powerful and it's meaningful. The third thing is to be present. And I would put in parentheses, when able. Many times, just you being with someone will provide a great deal of comfort. Now, you may be a man of few words or you may be A woman who says, well, I never know what to say. But there's something powerful about just being there. Listening is important. You don't have to answer every question. But we do have a responsibility to let that person know we care. So be present. And then the fourth thing, use your phone or your pen. We can't always be with someone who needs comfort. Physically or, you know, the limits of our of transportation or time, we just can't really always be there in that moment. So I would encourage you to, to do a few things. First of all, you can use your, your phone. Um, you can actually give people a call on phones these days. Um, you can actually pick it up and dial a number and talk to a human being. Um, Some people do that, I know. Some people are really, some people have text machines and some people have phones. um, But you can actually still pick up a phone and call someone. Hearing a human voice 
is meaningful. Some situations, it may be better to just send a text message. You can send a text message. And believe it or not, even more um, amazing than the telephone, we, we still have a postal service. And I still find some of the most meaningful things I've ever received have been a handwritten note in the mail or a card that just arrived at the perfect time. And whether you're giving them a call, sending them a text, or writing them a note, you can share with that person something like a verse of Scripture, something that would be encouraging and maybe apply to their situation, always words of encouragement, and then assurance and love. But no matter where, whether you're praying, whether you're there present, or whether you're talking on the phone or writing with your, your pen, make sure that you point them to Jesus, the source of comfort. Because Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Will you pray with me? Father, in these brief moments, we've looked at the comfort that you provide and the comfort that we are called to offer to others. It's an incredible opportunity to experience your love and grace and mercy at work. It's a way to enter into your work of rebuilding lives and families and offering strength and encouragement. God, we would be amiss if we did not acknowledge that we can't do it without your help. It's not our responsibility to fix people. It's not our love that changes lives. It's not our grace and mercy that we extend, but it's yours. And so, God, it would be so easy to just jot four things down and think, well, I've done those four things. I'm really, I've got it figured out, and I'm going to be comforting people. God, as we close, we want to acknowledge that we need to be dependent on you. that we need to experience your presence in the midst of our situations. The presence that you welcome us to enjoy by your Holy Spirit. So we thank you that we do have a comforter. One that is not beside us, but that is in us. that the presence of the indwelling Christ is in those whose hearts belong to you by the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us, to challenge us, to correct us, to point us toward Jesus, to bear his fruit in our lives for the blessing and the benefit of others. So, Lord, help us to come to you often for your comfort for strength and for endurance. And Lord, use us, 
who we are, where we are, to be ministers of comfort to others through the means and the power that you give us by your Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the worship team is here to lead us in a song. Really, you can, you know, this morning maybe you're in, in need of, of comfort. And you're ready in faith to take up God on His promise to provide it for those who are in need. And so maybe this morning is just a crying out to God, saying, God, I need you. I need your comfort. Or maybe you've been reflecting during this time about situations from your past or something that you're ongoing now, and, and you're thinking, okay, God, how might I use this for your glory? That's something simple. You can just ask him, God, this is what I've experienced. How do you want to use it? And then show me the first step. And when he shows you that first step, take it, and he'll show you the next. Or maybe this idea of comfort from God is strange and new to you, and you think, I've tried a lot of different things to experience comfort and never really have. Well, there's a reason, because you'll only find comfort in Jesus. And today is the day that you can come to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. When you come to Jesus, you just come in faith. Say, Jesus, I'm laying down the stuff from my past, and I'm reaching out to you, and I'm trusting you in faith. And if that's something the Lord spoke to you today, I would love to talk to you about that or any other thing. Will you join me in standing? We're going to sing together. And as the Lord speaks to our hearts, may we respond.
enjoy the sweetness of the presence of His Spirit in our in our daily lives, and may He strengthen us and empower us with His giftings and with His fruit to be ministers to those around us. So it's been it's been a joy to worship with you today. Um, let me just remind you of two things before we leave. First of all, don't forget one week from tomorrow, the Adult Bible Conference, who Jesus really is, 9.30, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then also, um, if you did not get a chance to to sign up to let Glenn and Tina know um, that you were going to be attending Lloyd's birthday party next Saturday at 1 o'clock, there is a a pad and a pen down there. If you just jot that down, they just want to kind of have a ballpark idea of how much food they need to provide. So if you haven't signed up, be sure and do that. Um, the Lord bless you. Hope you um, enjoy the rest of this afternoon. It looks still over class, so maybe it's still going to be um, a little bit cooler. Um, but whether you're inside or outside, I hope you enjoy um, the blessing of the day the Lord has given us. We're going to sing um, a song together, and when we begin to sing, you're free to go. So Lord bless you. For God.